Welcome to Meraki Mentors, a podcast featuring women who create. We interview creatives from every field and around the globe to discuss art, risk-taking, and what it means to live a creative life. Here's your host, Candace Howes. Okay, everyone. Welcome back to Meraki Mentors, as you already know. Today, we are talking to the lovely Rachel Mullins, also known as Rachel Ann Mullins, also known as a super duper cool producer that you are going to want to meet as soon as you finish this episode because she's just awesome. Um, So first and foremost, thank you, Rachel, for being here and just gracing us with your presence. (laughs) And listening to my my ramblings. You deserve a plaque in your honor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are... Super excited to have you here, and I am going to let you start us off with what you can probably do best, and that is just like an introduction. Tell us who you are, why you're so dope, what you do, like how you make your money, what you're eating right now, all of that. Having a bottle of generic water, that's really what I'm having. Uh, Well, my career started really early. I started modeling when I was 12, and that just came in the mail one day because I was already tall and apparently I got scouted. And then modeling turned into acting and acting turned into producing and it's been a it's been a whirlwind, man. <laughs> I've been doing this for like 16 years, which is crazy because I'm only 29. So I've done more work in just in my in my in my short time than most people do like ever. Um Wow. But it's good though. I've worked all over the world. I've made all sorts of, I've produced all sorts of things. The first thing I ever produced was an all girl paranormal investigation pilot, which was so wild. And then, um, what else? and then I just kind of started, and I fell into that. Like I was at a photo shoot in Hawaii. My friend called me and was like, Hey, I'm making this thing, blah, 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 blah. Like come back and work on it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I have zero control over my life. Like I just go wherever the wind blows me. And it's it's blown me in all sorts of directions. Uh, I've made everything from all-girl paranormal investigation pilots. Um, I've made countless spots of web commercials and viral campaigns uh, for Purina, Craftsman Tools, Pilot Pens, Dole Pineapples, Bliss Lights. The list is crazy and wild. And I've made television pilots. I've made short films. I've made feature documentaries. Like, it's that's crazy around here basically it just depends on what time of the year it is and who's called me and who got me to answer my phone if you can get me to answer my phone it's probably gonna be a yes probably (laughs) that is awesome that's so cool and I think it's um I think it's just great that you're open to like going with the flow and like anything that comes to you because I feel like people some people who are um like, I'm all for, like, having a plan and, like, you know, an idea of what you want to do. But some people are, like, very stringent. They're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's like you're totally going to miss your life and what you're meant to do if you're not open to just being like, yeah, like, let's go do it. And we don't know what's going to happen, but let's try it. Yeah, like, I really, like, some people are really, really into be like, captaining the ship, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty solid as a first mate. Like, I'm super happy being a first mate or, like, a skipper or, you know, one of those things, like, I like helping people, you know, around and, like, getting to their vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that comes from modeling because that's what modeling is. It's like people bring you this, you know, whatever polyester they need pushed down the runway and you're like, all right, let's get out here and sell it, you know? Yeah. And I think modeling kind of lends itself, you know, to like getting, making clients happy and making sales happen and things like that. Like, I think that's what really, you know, was uh, made me susceptible to catch the producer bug um, and be like, all right, let's do this crazy thing that you want to do. Like, sure, let's jello, let's let's put together a shoot with jello, jello mud wrestling and, you know, Nicki Minaj wigs. Like, why not? Let's do it. Are there, do you find that there's like any similarities? Well, okay, let me just stop and like go back first of all and say, is modeling as easy or as hard in some people's minds as it looks like? I think like once you're like in front of the camera, I don't know. I think that's kind of a given talent. Like I don't like there's some people that have faces that can do it and other people's faces can't. That sounds mm-hmm. like a very strange thing to say, but it's true. Like if you take a like if you look at like the Stuart Whiteson campaign right now of Dudes on Crows and some other girl like shooting the new like puffy winter boots. Yeah. Um, if you look at their faces, if you look at just their essence of being and you look at, and you compare that, you side by side that to some other random chick or even a random male model. I don't care who it is. You're going to like, if you really look at it, like you're going to see a difference. Like some people's faces can, and some people's faces can't. That's kind of like a pass fail situation, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other part of it is like your personality. Like you have to have the personality for it. Um, which is kind of hard because like to really effectively be a model or be a big model and have like a really serious career, like you're going to need a big personality, but starting out and like coming up the ladder, like clients and agents and managers and photographers are going to beat that out of you, or they're going to try to, Um, but they're, they're working against themselves. It's a really bad idea because the girls that really, really like become icons, like your Cara Delevingne's and your, Adriana Limas and things like that are or, or Heidi Klum. Like Heidi Klum's a nut. She is a total nutty McNutterstein. And that's what like yeah, she looks amazing, but that's what adds to her. Like that's what really makes her her. Like yeah. waltz through Germany. There's a, you're gonna find a few Heidi Klums in the face, but you're never gonna find that combination of of, of face and nutty, really. But it, it's not as glamorous as people think. Like most of the time you're too hot or too cold or buzzing around all over the place and jet lagged and not, especially like during like fashion week and stuff like that. Like that stuff is hard. Like, especially if you're doing multiple shows or multiple shows in multiple cities mm-hmm. and that you can't eat, like, you know, like you're, you're, you're going to collapse at some point. That's part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, so Obviously, I mean, you got started so young. Like, was there ever a time where you thought, like, hey, you know, I want to be a producer. I want to try that. Or did it just kind of come from, like, seeing people oh, doing it? I No, it just came from people calling me and asking me to do it. Like, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about modeling. People were like, hey, you should do this. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't. I'm not in charge of my own life. It's very strange. Like, people ask me, like, oh, what did you want to do when you were blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I literally, I chose none of this. Like, it just happened to be um, my life path. But I will say, when I was a really small kid, like, before I started working, there was definitely some tells 
of what was gonna like come to fruition in the rest of my life mm-hmm. um I like because like you know all little girls have Barbies basically whatever but I would get that like I was really into like and I came up in like the golden age of Disney where they were like really cranking these movies out for us like every year mm-hmm. um good old VHS tapes and I would yeah. get like the Pocus Pocahontas like Barbie sets with like all of the characters and like all of the like the set deck I remember those I always wanted one yeah and like Little Mermaid like all that stuff like I was like really really serious into like collecting like the entire the entire production basically and I would like make them be screen accurate and like make them do the dialogue and stuff like that person like I could literally care less about it unless the music video is cool or if it's you know accompanying a scene or something like if there's no visual I legit don't care um but I was never still to this day not into music but even when I was a kid even less less so into music like couldn't I just had zero points to give as far as that was concerned but I loved stand-up I loved it loved it loved it loved it loved it and while the other kids are like trying to get like Britney Spears is like first album or Christina Aguilera I'm dating myself but like you know people are like really into NSYNC back in the day or whatever like I was combing like do you remember how to write you know, buy like CDs like from a physical store and I was like always combing the racks for people's stand-up albums and I was like looking back on that like of course I was headed towards comedy of yeah. course yeah I'm like it, I didn't realize it at the time and certainly nobody else did um, but like, I don't really know many eight year olds that are like, Oh man, I need at least three more com- comedy albums before the year's over, you know, otherwise I'm going to implode. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know many eight or nine year olds that are really in the up like that, but I was, <laughs> my parents let me watch anything. <laughs> so yeah, I just like all of that, all of those, like comedy specials back in the day like I saw all of them age appropriate or not didn't matter that's awesome I got got third grade and people are like who's Eddie Murphy I'm like how have you not seen the red jacket what are you doing with your life they're like who what oh the the lizard in Milan he's not a lizard he's a dragon he doesn't do the tongue thing like they just didn't get it they didn't get it and I think that's so that's so awesome because a lot of times, like, people would tell their kids, it'd be like, you know, you can't go anywhere with that, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's so great that you immersed yourself in that in an early age, and, like, they were cool with it. Yeah, well, they did have the care of the world. They had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> or that, and, like, if I was into music, it was a soundtrack from something. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember getting soundtracks from movies, like, my first Snoop Dogg album wasn't wasn't as wasn't an album. It was the soundtrack to this movie Bones that he made a million years ago, and the, the entire soundtrack is like Snoop, Cocaine, Goaty Low, like all these like really hardcore rappers that nobody's that most people have never heard of. Um, and yeah, that was the <laughs> that was in my CD player on my bus ride to middle school. That is crazy. <laughs> so classy, yeah. 
So what would you, if someone's like, you know, producer, like that sounds really important. What is a producer's role in a nutshell? I always say, like, this is also like my personal producing style, but it's like being the mom. It's like being the mom of production. Like, Mm -hmm. you're going to have all these people that are like under your care and they're going to be like, I want this. And like, well, do you have, like, I don't have McDonald's. Do you have McDonald's money? Um, Right. Uh, the director would like a company move. Does he have company move money? No, he doesn't. Well, then, then no. Or, you know, like, okay, well, you know, we're going to need permits for this, that, the other thing. Like, okay, we're going to go in the permit office. You're not getting anything. Don't ask for anything. Don't look at anything. Don't touch anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's, it's, kind of, it's like being a mom. Like, if you can be a mom of multiple children, you can be a producer easily in your sleep. Um, that's, that's basically, like, that's... A, like I don't have kids, but, but that's essentially like I'm like my producing style is like a single mom, even though I don't have kids. Like on time, under budget, get it together. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, losing so patience, like losing, losing patience, dealing with people's emotions, making yep. sure fingers are tied, all that. Lunches are packed. Yeah, that's it's basically being a mom, essentially. I love that. I love that image because it's it's so much like I just see the panic and like everything, all the moving parts running around crazily at once. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like that's kind of like you're like the mom overseeing whatever functions are taking place. It's like being the room parent, basically. So like and I know obviously you're probably based out of like L.A. or nearby there, right? Okay, so were you, like, are you originally from California, or did you end up moving there? I'm originally from Detroit. I had zero intentions of moving here, and it just, again, it just sort of happened to me. Um, I was commuting here to work a bunch. I was modeling a ton, and, like, I was doing a bunch of, like, stock photo shoots of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working in other cities, too. Like, I'd go somewhere in Texas or somewhere in Florida, or, you know, I mean, just, with Chicago, I worked in Chicago a bunch. Um just working all over the place and I was here for the umpteenth time and I was sitting in the hot tub having a glass of champagne not nearly 21 like not even close and <laughs> looking over the ocean and I'm like I'm not getting in a cab to go to, to go to LAX right now I'm not doing it I refuse I refuse to set this drink down I refuse to get out of this hot tub or towel myself off or call like I'm not doing any I'm not doing it forget it mm-hmm. um so I didn't, and I missed my flight. Um, and I just had my dog and my toaster UPS to me, and that was that. Wow. There, like, I was not, because there are people that wake up and like, I'm going to move to Hollywood. And I was not one of those people. Actually, like, when I was, like, around, I was working at Hooters when I was, like, 18, and I was like, I want to move to South Beach, because I, I love South Beach, and I still do to this day. I yeah. still want to move. Kind of, just not at this moment. Um, and I was like, I was on the phone with Capital One. Like, as soon as I turned 18, I'm like, I have a house in South Beach. What can we do for a mortgage? And they're like, girl, you work at Hooters. I don't know what you think this is. But, but I was trying. I was trying. Exactly. Um, and it still hasn't happened, you know, because I guess I was supposed to land here. But yeah, it was just, it was just in my life path, I guess, and my disdain for LAX. 
bang, bang, boom. It's here. But I'm, I'm really contemplating about writing a book on like how to move here. Like kind of like OJ, if I did do it, it's kind of like my version of like, okay, if I did to like decide to move here, this is how I would have done it. I love that idea. <laughs> exactly it's like this is this is probably how this should have worked it didn't but it should have worked worked a completely different way my life path wasn't like that but yours could be and let me help you but yeah i didn't uh, yet another thing that i didn't choose choose it just it just happens did you find that it was like i know you said like a lot of people have like approached you to do things so is it like people that you already knew did you just get out here and start networking and being like someone's got to pay me i need a job um, well, I was modeling a bunch. Okay, see, here's here's the thing. You know, we talk about, like, having things, you know, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I, I had, okay, so 12 to 19, I had already been modeling for, like, six or seven years. So I already had a full book and a full resume and a full, you know, list of clients. Like, I was here working. Like, that's what I was doing already. Okay. So I didn't necessarily have to contend with that or, like, coming up so late. You know, mm-hmm. it was really late. Like, oh, gosh, you're almost 20. Um, that would be late in the game, you know, that way. Yeah. But I already had like that body of work to stand on. And even before I lived here, like I invented this networking method that I call anteloping. And the premise is, it sounds stupid, but I promise you it makes sense. The premise is, is that like a line or no, like an antelope out on the you know out on the african sahara is just out there you know chilling with his friends and like munching grass mm-hmm. and things go well essentially uh mm-hmm. hoping that the rain um, you know things like that things that antelope hope for right and meanwhile there is you know several lionesses in the grass just planning to pounce and they're they're waiting for it and that antelope has no idea that they're there until they're literally taking a bite out of its ass. And then at that point, it doesn't matter anymore that they know that the lion's there or not because they're dead. Um, which all sounds like, you know, very, you know, primal and carnage or whatever, but it's the, the, the networking premises isn't. The, the basis behind that is, is that you never know who is close to you until you're right on them. Um, so, or in conversely, that works the other way too. Like, you never know how close you are to somebody until you're right on them. So at the dawn of social media, like, like right at like the break of, you know, Lehman shock and the financial crisis, like MySpace was a thing. And like, you could, people were getting online and being like, here's what I do. And here's what I do. And blah, 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 blah. Like that was a brand new thing, basically. Yeah. So I was using like MySpace and LinkedIn, like back when it was not really like just in its like really formative days. Um, and being like, oh, this person, I was looking up comics mostly, um, but like, oh, like who would I want to work with? You know, comics, photographers, makeup artists, like who would I want to work with? Who do I want to get to know? You know, whoever. And I would make friends with them online. Or if I couldn't get to them directly, I would make friends with their friends and then move my way up. Um, and then I just rep, like I use that as the, as the, the foundation, as the starting process and then built that physically when I was actually here or in, you know, another city, mm. um, it really worked for that. And there was like people that, you know, I pick out like someone like, Oh, I want to work with this. Or even I just want, Oh gosh, I want to be friends with that person. That person's hilarious. That person's fun or that person's a total weirdo. Like, let me be, be a with them and get matching chihuahuas. Um, 
and just pick them out and move your way up. And it, it, it works. Social media is awesome in that way. So yeah, I was really, I will say that is one thing that I'm really, really purposeful about is networking. And when I was first living here, like I was out, you know, ground pounding like 14 hours a day, basically. So that was my, um, that was like where the, where the real work that I've put in in my life to like make it what it is, was is a networking for sure. Because nobody can hire you if they don't know you. That's so true. And I feel like that's the over, I mean, people say that, but they always talk about it in terms of like, oh, like go to a job fair or something, but people don't realize how much they can leverage like the people they already know. And then just to be able to, like you said, like double or triple that and just. Yeah, totally. I always, I call it the Ivanka Trump rule because that's what I learned it from is like, once you meet someone, get them to recommend you to three people. Mm, I love that. And that will, it just, it grows your web, you know, it's like, oh, this yeah. person does person does that but i will say with that you know when you're networking like trying to add people to your pack you need to be mindful of what you're adding to their pack and like don't tell them that you're like a b c d e f g x y z like mm-hmm. you need to pick the, the thing or the couple things that you're like doing and you can show them so they get it immediately they need to get it immediately they need to be yeah. like this person this thing this place this time done like they need to have like a formal invitation to your life basically like it needs to have the who's the what's the when's the where's the why's and how's like mm-hmm. they need it immediately so the people that I mean granted I'm a little bit biased because back in the day like being a this slash this slash that slash this thing over here was like really really not cool yeah. and now it's becoming a little bit more acceptable but if you come up to people especially people that are like really high on the food chain and they're like, I'm this one man band and I write my stuff and I produce it and I direct it and I act in it and I edit it and I make the music for it and I do this and I do that. And it's like, and I color correct it. Like, no, 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 no. Like you just sound like a not collaborative person. And that's not what anybody's trying to hear. Um, so, and, and on top of it, like once you say that you're one thing, shaking that label is going to be next to impossible. Like it can be done. There's people that have done it, but it's really, really hard. And I don't know that it's worth it. So pick your thing Mm -hmm. and roll with it. Like, and it has to be something that that person can call you up at, at midnight and be like, Oh my God, I'm shooting tomorrow. Or I have a deadline tomorrow. This person just bailed on me. Can you be at this place in this time? And you say, yeah, what should I wear? Like that's, the question that you should have and you should be able to perform under those conditions so whatever it is that you are make it make it so that you can perform under those conditions when you get a call to save someone's behind because once you're once you're saving behind that means people owe you favors and that is how and that is how you get the places that you want to go <laughs> that's right and like for somebody even like yourself or like who who feels that they have like more than one like thing like do you ever change up a little bit like what your thing is based on who you're talking to or the environment that you're in um yeah totally like there's some people that well here's the here's the thing that i run into which is maybe not unique to me individually in this entire world but probably unique unique to a few people um because i've you know done playboy and maxim and esquire and complex and like 
all these different, and I've been naked in tons of movies and TV shows. Like, Mr. Skin and I, like, physically know each other. We met at a convention in Vegas. Like, we have a relationship. Um, that sometimes does not go over super well when, because I produce, you know, all these spots for, like, mega brands, you know, that are all publicly traded companies. Like, Craftsman is held by Sears. Purina is owned by Nestle, like the, the biggest companies on the planet, right? Yes. Oh, that's all well and good. They don't really know about that piece of my life. And they don't really, really care, um, especially if I'm not on camera. Like, they don't really care. Um, but when I, I had a meeting a week ago with a really big CEO, and he was like, oh, I thought you were just a producer. I didn't know that you did this. I'm like, uh, no, these titties have to earn their keep. And, you know, they're not going to be in the same place forever, so I got to use them while I can. Um, but some people, some people do look at me a little bit sideways if they know me as this like ultra professional, squeaky, commercial queen type of a person. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Like, at what? How? Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, what? Who's this? And to my knowledge, to my research, I'm the only Playboy girl that has ever gone on to direct anything. Um, wow. To my research, like there might be some, you know, playmate from 1962. Right. I don't, from what I can find, I don't know of anybody that has. And I looked because I wanted to know, like, who else has done this? Like, yeah. I want to ask them how they did it. Um, But to my my knowledge, there there isn't any other. So it it is kind of a, a unique issue to me. But, you know, it. Like there's people like Diablo Covey was you know was you know very upfront about her being a stripper and she wrote all kinds of stuff you know her brand of movies is you know is her mm-hmm. and you know whatever however whatever you think of them is kind of arbitrary but she did it um so or like Cardi B Cardi B is you know a huge thing and you know she was a stripper and she's very very outwardly with it exactly. Like, little bit more okay to be you know sexy while working um yes. but you know it, it, that i mean that's kind of really the only problem that i've run into is like you know having people look like what what did you do huh why and some people are into it like oh i didn't know that you did that i'm like look at what <laughs> <laughs> Like, whenever I go to UTA, this is what's really funny. Whenever I go to UTA, UTA shares a building with Playboy now mm-hmm. in the Opre in the Hef management here. They have a building that they share with UTA. So when I go through, they've got two, two sides of the building and they meet in the middle at this lunch place, right? And yeah. I'll come to the UTA side. They're like, oh, um, I think you're looking for the other door. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Actually, thank you. <laughs> I know where I'm going. <laughs> don't worry about it, all right? It's none of your business. It's none of your business, woman. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. The other door. In some, in some cases, yes, and I do use the other door, but not today. <laughs> but yeah, like now that I think about it, like I'm probably one of the few people that use both sides of that building. Yeah, definitely. And and that's so cool. Like, I think, like you said, like Cardi B is like a great example. It's 
I think it's awesome to see women like feeling more empowered and being like, hey, like you said, whether we're doing something sexy or something that's like, quote unquote, professional, like to see women out there like hustling and doing what they need to do. I'm like not sexy, like at all. Like I've had people make comments on it. Um, I produced the South African TV show that's showing as a short in American festivals and it's winning. It's killing it. We're at the Burbank International Film Festival on September 8th. Again, after, you know, a bunch of other ones. But, um, so they didn't know me. They just found me on the internet. They're like, hey, could you come, like, produce this thing with us? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, why not? So it's a husband and wife team. And the wife met me, you know, in locations, and we did some things together. But her husband had not met me until, like, the fitting. So he had only Googled me. And you find the things that you Google. And, like, I had just come home from India because I was at my friend's wedding and I was wrecked. I looked terrible and I was sick and it was, I, you know, sick and I had been on a plane for 24 hours. I mean, it was, it was grimy. And we're at the costume house at Universal at Peter's Head. And he's like, you look like you normally do. And at the time I was like, that was mean. Like, right. Like how rude can you be? I just did 13 hours to make sure that you have the stuff that you want. Like that, that was cold, you know, like, I know I look, I know I look crazy. Like, I know this, uh, you don't need to remind me. We can all see that. Um, but then like after we had wrapped and we were like hanging out or whatever, he's like, most girls that do that job and look like that don't just roll around with no makeup and their hair in a, like not even a half-ass ponytail, like a quarter-ass ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, like, there yeah. all the time. And then I was like, "Oh, it was kind of a compliment because I literally don't, I don't care. Like I'm not, like I'm so secure in whatever this is that it's fine." But that goes back to like the mom part of producing is that like if it's not on screen if it's not going to benefit if it's not going to show up on screen then it doesn't matter exactly it doesn't matter like and, and that goes for anything like my quarter ass ponytail or whatever you know nonsense that doesn't show up on screen it's not it shouldn't happen like if it's not benefiting the final product then it doesn't matter and you have to keep your eye on that when you're deciding what it is that you want to do with your situation Absolutely. What's adding value and what's not. And at the time, a half-ass ponytail, as a court, as opposed to a quarter-ass ponytail, was not adding value to anyone's to anyone's life. So, didn't expect me to have What um. Or I should say, I feel like this is you're probably gonna say like someone asked you to do this, but what was like the background to um your um show? You have a show, No Filter Friday, on iHeartRadio, which please everyone go check out um but how did that get started okay well so they did ask me to do it um (laughs) but it was before me too popped off so okay a couple years ago i went to this premiere of this movie called a billion lives and it's about um vaping and the tobacco companies it's a really cool movie you should definitely see it um it will blow your mind i promise you that so I just got invited to that premiere. Like, you know, I go to premieres all the time, whatever. Go to that premiere. And um, 
they didn't have that many people doing carpet. Like it was a big premiere. It was at, it was at the cinema dome, but um, carpet was the carpet physically was large, but like the carpet, like the tip sheet, like the roster was not huge. So mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of, you know, red carpet, you know, not just pictures, but like press and stuff while I was there too. And I got, I just made friends with the people, you know, doing the media. It's a small, smallly produced movie. Um, and I just made friends with those people and I saw it and I was like, man, it was right when I was in the throes of like in post on my documentary. So I was like, it was so great to see it because like we were really, really vibing like on the same page, like we liked the same things and mm-hmm. um, like visually and stuff like that. And I was just really, really happy to be with them. And um, at the after party, I invited a couple friends. We were hanging out or whatever, but I got at the end of the after party, after the after party, I kind of got pulled over to do um, some media about what I thought about the film and things like that. And the guy that was running that was this guy Broxer. And him and I just made friends instantly because he's so cool, he's the best, I love him dearly. Um, and when he was done doing that, he went and you know started Public House Media, and he called me before he wanted to do it, and he was like, "Hey, like, what do you think about doing a show?" And blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "I don't know what I would talk about. Like, I have, like, that sounds great, that sounds wonderful, but I don't like the only things that I can really talk about are purses and." whatever craziness is going on around here. And I don't know that that really helps anybody or anybody cares. Um, and so we we're just, he was like, all right, well, you know, like maybe later on down the line, like if we get this up and going, like maybe we'll figure it out. I'm like, all right, cool. So he did like him and uh, Adrian got, you know, got public house being together and, you know, forged the network. And then the news broke about Harvey Weinstein and I was like oh buddy mm-hmm. and I thought about it for about two weeks and I was like man I was thinking about just making a video and just posting that because the media gets so much wrong or no I, don't, I shouldn't even say they get it wrong they purposefully tell you what they tell you um, right completely for their own game basically they only tell you what you what they think is digestible to you, and they leave out really key pieces of information. And a lot of times, they hurt people in the process. That's very which true. I, so which true. I'd seen, which I had seen from making my documentary because um, I interviewed some of the people that survived the Pulse nightclub attack. Mm-hmm. And the things that those poor souls told me about what the media had done to them was just horrifying like they almost got some people killed like it was really really horrifying what had happened and i was like that's not right and still to this day i have people from you know around that circle of people that were involved in false emailing me like can you tell the story like what can you do i'm like i'm kind of out of my wheelhouse man um but i've seen what happens when the media does it wrong either intentionally unintentionally doesn't matter but they just they just do it wrong they just do Mm -hmm. um so taking my knowledge that i my best level of knowledge that i have on like sex crimes what happens to people that are you know have have survived sex crimes or gender-based violence and then comparing that with being in hollywood for 10 years and working here and living here and being putting up with the crap um and, you know, and the cool stuff, too. 
I was in a unique situation to make a show about what's going on with me too and what the real story is or you know if I know because a lot of times like a lot of these people that have, I would say more often than not like almost every episode of my show is about somebody that I know or somebody that I've worked with and mm-hmm. it's some of it sometimes it's really really hard because I'm like oh, like I don't want to say that this chick is crazy but I know this person and this doesn't make sense to me yeah um, so that's you know sometimes I've had you know friends for a long time with TJ Miller I'm TJ forever I threw his uh his after after party for Yogi Bear like not for a long time wow um, and I've known you know but even before he was married the sh- other chicks that he had around and stuff like that um so you know when his stuff came out I was like oh I know exactly what this is um so it's that it's, it's kind of it's a it's strange definitely the darkest show on my network it's about a lot of stuff that people people say that you know they want to talk about it like they want to talk about the people but they're not comfortable like talking about like the specific acts that have taken place mm-hmm. and it certainly doesn't bother me none so people that you know really truly want to know like what's happening and what's going on and like who did what to who or who didn't um, that's what No Filter Friday is all about, and that's the that is the place for that. And I've had a lot of people like one of the reasons why I decided to call Baxter and be like, "Hey, let's do this thing," was because I had people calling, and people physically calling me, be like, "Oh my God, the news about this person! Wow, wow, wow! What's going on?" I'm like, "Well, well, you know, yeah, we all did know about that, but there wasn't anything to do. Like, what's anybody supposed to do?" Exactly. Not gonna, it's not gonna help anything and it's gonna hurt everybody involved. What are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have people calling me and asking me, like, okay, well, people want to know, like, clearly people want to know my opinion because they're calling me and asking. Um, so that's that is how No Filter Friday was born, and that's what it continues to be. And I'm gonna do my 50th anniversary episode at the Austin Film Festival. Um, that's amazing. I love Austin so much. Yeah, I just happened to be there. Um, my publicist, Elizabeth, lives there. Um, and I'm going to visit her and do the Austin Film Festival thing. But the reason why it really, really, really works out and it's like totally serendipitous is because before Me Too actually became like a real, real thing. Um, and the the first like tremors and rumblings of this movement that was about to, you know, take place at a certain period of time was the Alamo Draft House in Austin was having issues with this guy. And the ladies of the Austin film community got together and were like, this dude's got to go. He's got to go. Like, this is, this has to be over and done with. Yeah. And, and they ousted them, like, collectively. They ousted them. They made it happen. Like, they didn't just, you know, shoot their shot and, like, tell people and get publicity. Like, they actually made something physically happen. Um, so I think tying Austin into that, um, is going to be an awesome 50th episode. Absolutely. And I just, I love the spirit behind it, like the fierceness. Um, I think it's, it's amazing. So I definitely would recommend that everyone go listen to it, um, on iHeartRadio because, yeah, I just, I feel you give such a great perspective that we don't hear because we're just hearing headlines and everybody's arguing over, 
who did what and who's making up stories, but typically <laughs> say what happened. Like they really or if somebody does specifically like Cara Delevingne is a really, really good example. She yeah. gave the gritty details, like the the point by point breakdown of what happened between her and Harvey and how she felt about it and blah 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 blah. And they literally used her name for the headline and then pushed her story to the side. And yeah. it's I'm like she just gave the public a ton of information that all of us in, inside the town already knew, but like the people that don't know him or what he's been up to for the past 30 years, um, they don't know what his MO is. You know, they don't. Yeah. So at least let the like everybody's gonna judge the basis. Like at least like if you're gonna make an article about it, like at least give them the, the information to judge upon. Like it's not fair to anybody involved like even not even to harvey like how is no like, like how is harvey supposed to get a fair shake if nobody will say x y and z you know exactly. like it's it's not it's not good especially when you have like legal proceedings going on and stuff like that like just be truthful like whatever the truth is is fine we'll all deal with it but just be truthful about it but that's a that's a tall order it is it really is um so what tell us what you have like coming up that you're working on that we should like be looking out for or that you're really hype about well i have a music video that's shooting this week which is gonna be really cool um it's from an artist in new york that i don't even know i don't even know the artist my you know i just kind of got pulled on to it my friend was like oh i'm making this thing i need somebody to produce it i'm like all right i'll be there um, <laughs> which I'm really stoked about because I'm all about adventure. So I'm packing the marshmallows for crafting. It's going to be a good time. Um, and then I have two shorts that I'm doing for an NPO that is really, really cool because the NPO makes um, liberty focused short films. And they really Ooh. let filmmakers like flourish doing that sort of thing. So I got selected. Uh, to produce two of their shorts on their lineup, and I got to um, I got to pick who I wanted, which is cool. I got my little pick of the litter. Um, one of them is about is based on how Iceland came out like six, uh, maybe not even six, oh, probably longer, like a year ago. And they're like, we don't have Down syndrome on this island anymore, and then it was like, no, you just aborted all those babies. Like you just killed everyone that had it, so it's not really. It. but i was so deeply affected by it like i was so upset about it for like two weeks which is not me like normal i couldn't tell you what year it was the last time i gave a fuck like i'm really not bothered by anything even things that i should be bothered by like typically don't it's kind of scary yeah. so it was really really upsetting to me because i have two really uh dear people in my life lauren potter and jamie brewer who are two actresses with down syndrome and I will absolutely say that knowing them and having them in my life makes me a better person. And mm -hmm. I don't think, like, just at this, at this time when we're celebrating differences and, you know, inclusivity and this, that, and the other thing, and then, like, they're over here, like, raw rawing about, like, this is a problem. And I'm like, how? Like, I've met people, I've met these two, these two are definitely in my life, and they're absolutely not a problem. They are a blessing, for sure. So... It's kind of about like the nonchalantness of that, basically, of like, oh well, these people are going to be like a problem, so never mind. 
Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, but um, the location is really, really cool. I'm very excited about it. Um, you just lock that down for your day. And everybody involved is like really, really cool. And we only have like 10 grand to make it. So it's coming together really nicely. And then the other one is about uh, internment camps that were yours during World War II. But the flip side, so it's a period piece, but the flip side of that is that those internment camp laws are still on the books. And at any point in time, the U.S. government could be like, round them up and send them to camp. Oh, my gosh. So uh, that one is a reminder. And um, lots of people got locked up in internment camps uh, during World War II. So this story is about um, a 16-year-old girl uh, who's American. She's born in America, um, but she's locked up in a German internment camp with her parents and mm. then being like repatriated back to Germany in exchange for American soldier hostages. Um, and her like struggle with that of like, I, you know, I want to be with my parents, but I don't want to go back to Germany. Like a it's war torn B I've never been there. And I don't even really, really speak German. <laughs> like, I right. speak like child version of German that I talk with my parents. Like this is not, like, I'm not even German. Like, how am I supposed to go there? Um, so it's kind of like the struggle with that. And I love period pieces. I live and breathe for period pieces. So yes. I watch so much World War II stuff. It's probably unhealthy. Um, but I love it. It's my jam. So those are my those are my three that I have going in the immediate, between now and the end of the year. That is awesome. That's so awesome. Um, and... Where can we follow you if we want to, you know, like stalk your every move and like see what you're doing? Okay, so there, my Facebook page is Rachel Ann Mullins, and my and my professional Instagram is also Rachel Ann Mullins. So that's all like you know polished, finished product stuff. My Twitter, on the other hand, is Rachel A Mullins, and it's filthy. So don't go there unless you're like down for some really dark, <laughs> twisted words. Um, you've been warned. So, you know, do what you want to do. Or alternatively, um, I have a secret Instagram account that has nothing to do with work. And it's just about the stuff that I actually like, Fendi, fishing, adventure, things like that. And it's called Adventure Titties. Um, so any of those options, you are welcome to stock up. Knock yourself out. <laughs> that is awesome. Um Okay, so we have a, it's like always my favorite kind of segment of this show. So we have a little ending part called Meraki Picks. And that's when we ask everyone about their favorite things and they just like go crazy and fangirl over people. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Okay, so the first one is always, um, what is a song that's just been like jamming and stuck in your headphones lately? Oh, and I'm mad about it. I'm I'm not jamming. It's in my hat, and I'm mad about it. That chick Doja Cat that came out with the bitch I'm a cow moo 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 song. Yes. <laughs> it, it pops up in my mind, and I hate it. And I, my boyfriend forced me to watch the video and her commentary video, and I'm mad about it. I'm absolutely. <laughs> That's like the worst thing to have in your head. Ugh, I'm so, you know that chick signed. She's signed to William Morris as a rapper. William Morris as a rapper. I can't. 
I can't. I'm dying right now. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to. So yes, that's what's stuck in my head. And I'm glad that you let me vent my feelings about it. Because somebody needed to hear this. My <laughs> What would be, if you could pick something that made you, like, happier, what would you replace that song with? Would I replace that song with? Yeah. Um, I get on kicks, man. I get on kicks. Like, I like I really want, like, if I could have anything, I would have a music supervisor for my life. Like, Same. <laughs> like, that's what I really, really, you know that Will Ferrell movie where he's got, like, a narrator? I don't want a yes. narrator that's what i want i want a baby driver level music supervisor on my life that's what i want um, i do too and i think like i'm like you could make a case that i'm a total schizophrenic like you could because my life's desires needs whatever are so vast and so varying it's like all different personalities like sometimes like i'm on a really serious like like I'll get on like an Aerosmith kick or something. Like, yes. man. And it's like all the mood. It's all about the mood. About the mood. It's about the vibes, man. It's about the vibes. So I think, <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it would change my mood. Like sometimes, you know, it's like Angela Johnson at Bonk Weekly, like the Christmas album, mm -hmm. and then other times it's Aerosmith, and then other times it's you know. Ice cube, like it, it can be anybody, you know. Absolutely. Oh man, yeah. I always like. Sometimes I walk around and I'm like, if my life was a movie, like, what would be playing right now? Oh yes, <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, that's what I want. Like, if I could have anything, anything, that's what I would have. I would have a music supervisor for my life. I'm that totally way, with you. Walk in, people are like, I already know. I already know. <laughs> oh my gosh what um so what is a a restaurant that like you just love that you think everyone should go to mm, that's a hard one because i'm equal parts ratchet and bougie um <sighs> i think like i'm a, i'm like a five day a week chipotle person for sure yes um, definitely like i hit like and there's like the my favorite chipotle because i've got like a-list chipotles b-list chipotles and c-list chipotles so mm -hmm. my a chipotle has like an empty space next door and i was like you know what i want you to do with this this empty space i want you to knock them all down and i want you to make an all guacamole expansion that's what i want you to make and i tweeted it like i like made the sign <laughs> I like made the sign like, with the picture of the story and I tweeted it at Chipotle and they're like, this is a great idea. I'm like, stop doing it! My um, so that's what I, I, I do want them to do that and I put my request in. So, you know, here's helpful. But um, I also like, like specific to LA though, mm -hmm. um, Chateau Marmont is magical and it's another world. And if you, if you want to be, if you want to be bougie burger, go to the Chateau Marmont any time of day and have a bottle of Prosecco and a cheeseburger Ooh. and things will turn around. I promise you that. Um, that sounds so fancy and just like, it's the best. You never know who's going to be running around over there. The, my friends came in 
for my birthday a few years ago in Wichita, Vermont, after we went to Dantana, uh, which is another, I like, I like places that are dark and old. If the old folks go there, I'm in. I have old folks. If the old folks aren't kicking it, then it's a no for me. Um, but my friends and I went after Dantana's during my birthday. And we were sitting in, if you've ever seen that Cronenberg uh, movie, Map to the Stars, mm-hmm. that seat that Carrie Fisher is sitting in at the show. And there was these people that had a, a horse costume on. Yeah. Like running around the patio with this horse costume on. And my friends were like, let's take a picture. And they're like, no, seeing us is enough. And just like pranced off. Like it. What? <laughs> yeah. It, it's the best. It's the best. Like, just, like, if you need a change or something, like, if you are having needs, go to the Chateau Vermont and have a cheeseburger and Prosecco. And if you're really hungry, get the calamari. And just let let the Chateau Vermont do what the Chateau Vermont does. And it will all be okay. That sounds, that sounds incredible. I'm going to do that. Like, whenever sure. I get to LA, that's the first place I'm going. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Nothing bad ever happened to the Chateau Marmont. Not even the deaths. The deaths were good too. (laughs) It's all, it's all there, man. It's all there. It's a magical place. And you'll never not, I've never been to the Chateau Marmont and not run into people. Mm, See, that's the best. When you are like always running into someone, like I love places like that. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've literally never once been to Chateau and not run into somebody. Like, it is, it is a magical, magic. My, my friend Heather, uh, she calls it her happy place, and it totally, totally is. Like, it's the best. All right, so our final, but like, maybe even most important question is, do you have any type of like saying or like movie quote or like sign you saw on the wall that you live by? Um, this is kind of a thing that I didn't necessarily make it up. I just noticed it. Um, that there is no such thing as coincidence and that goes double for Hollywood. Like Mm. everything is supposed is where it's supposed to be at every single point in time. And if you see a pattern, do not discredit it because it's, popping up it keeps popping up in your face for a reason like there's no such thing as coincidence um especially around here so that's kind of my uh how a lot of people like that's i used to say like everything happens for a reason and it does like that's 100 percent true but it's yeah. kind, of, kind of evolved into this like there's no such thing as coincidence. so that's, that's my that's my mantra basically and people and people know that like People start like the people used to ask me like, oh well, this thing and then this thing happened and they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, you already know what I think. They're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you already, you already know what I'm. Already, oh man, Rachel, this has just been a blast. Like, this has just been so much fun. Me too. I think so as well. But thanks for thanks for listening to me and all my craziness because you know. Absolutely. And please say hi to your dog for me. You have a dog, right? I do. I have two rotten dogs. My my Westie is laying in his house on his back. 
in a pile of his toys snoozing and I don't know where my dog is. He's around his Oh, that is so adorable. I need to I need to get a dog. The thing is like I just I want like a dog and like a horse and like a rat. I need like a farm. But then I'm like I don't want to live on a farm, but I need one. They got farms in Malibu. <laughs> That's like the best. I have to like limit my exposure to Malibu because every time I go up there I'm like, I could have a pony and live on the ocean. I could do it. Like, no, then you wouldn't work anymore. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I know everyone has enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more and hearing all of your amazing stories. Well, come come follow me on social media and you'll see some things that you never, ever wanted to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so much for listening remember to rate or review us on itunes facebook or your favorite podcast app you've been listening to meraki mentors podcast with candace house we're honored you chose to spend your time with us today to learn more about today's guest or the podcast visit meraki mentors don't forget to create and connect